You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Etheridge. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. I got all stumbled up there for a second. It's like, wow. Are you getting beclamped? What, what, what happened there? <laughs> Maybe it's because... Uh, I want to say a quick shout out to all the parents that listen to Sexy Marriage Radio, because if you're like me, uh, as we're recording, this was the first day back to school, which, you know, the kids kind of dread, but the parents are like, get out of my house so (laughs) I can have some time to myself again and get some work done. Yep. I always ask people, are you the type of parent that drop off your kid for the first day of school and you cry or do you do the victory dance in the parking lot? And I was always the victory dance in the parking lot, mom. I'm sorry. The the (laughs) cup of coffee I had this morning. Yeah. The cup of coffee I had this morning at Panera was one of the best savoring coffees I've had in a while. (laughs) (laughs) I I loved summer. I loved all the fun activities and stuff, especially if you had a pool in your backyard. What a fun summer for you. But Oh, yeah. I was always so ready to have those kids back in school so I could have time to myself, too. So with with the the changing of the seasons like this, though, you know, because fall is around the corner, probably, maybe, um, and school's back in session. And so now is the time to start looking ahead. Yeah. And hey, before you say before you look ahead. Okay. Can I just say one quick little thing to parents who are taking their kids to the first day of school and all that jazz? Yep. Today. My son, my youngest, my baby, starts his last year of college working on his master's degree. Wow. So don't, all that to say, don't blink. Yes. Don't blink or they're going to be in their early 20s and just as educated as you are. Yep. And yeah, savor those um, packing of the lunches and backpacks and all that, yep. um, the PTA meetings, all that. Yep. It's, so, it's soak it investment. in. Yep. Soak it in because that's one of the things that time can go by so fast. It does. And and this even applies to marriage. And so one of the things that we've done the last two years, and I'm proud to announce we're going to do for the third year, is the Sexy Marriage Radio Getaway. And so this is a save the date statement. The postcard. There you go. So we're looking at the dates are going to be June 22nd through the 25th, 2017. And we're going to go back to the Marriott Solana right by the DFW airport. It was a fantastic hotel and a fantastic, yes, a great, great location, great pool. So June in Texas, awesome time to hang out and swim. Yeah, I was going to say, you definitely want to bring your swimsuit to this hotel because it's a very cool courtyard. So save the date. We hope you can join us. Uh, And if you are new to Sexy Marriage Radio, hey, welcome. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. We're so glad. That you'd spend some time with us because we And what love, took you so long? Yeah, we, we love it when people join and binge listen and then email us and tell us, hey, you know what? Chalk me into the binge listener category because <laughs> I am one. And we, you can send us emails at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And you, we love questions, comments, thoughts. Uh, yeah. And here's the thing, Corey. We, we get so many emails these days now that the show has really built up some major momentum over the past few years. I think that our binge listeners need to put in the subject line, binge listener, colon, and then whatever topic, so that we read those first. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Because seriously, yep. like, I want to hear from those who really are familiar with our show, yep. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prioritize those emails. How yep. about you? That's good, because we, we love to honor our listeners, because, you, you know, let's face it, Sexy Marriage Radio listeners are the sexiest ones on the planet, so... 
We love listener driven radio. Yeah, we love that that you guys are part of our community, and we would not have this without you. So, I I don't know anything else we need to say as we get started before we jump into um, kind of an interesting way to look at the topic today. Yeah, well, I do want to say we do love our listeners. We especially love our listeners that email us and give us feedback and give us great ideas for topics, which is, you know, that's where we got today's idea for what we're going to discuss. But I also just want to give a special shout out to all of those listeners who are putting their money where their mouth is, and they are part of the French Kiss Club or the Foreplay Club or the 69 Club as a Bed Buddy Club member, because this show takes money and we so appreciate those who are partnering financially with us so thank you thank you thank you absolutely we would not be able to cover some of the stuff without you so thank you um so when you think of this whole idea of sex because that's what we talk about on sexy marriage radio is just it's married sex uh that's what we like to keep it in the confines of because it's sacred and it's blessed um, but there's also some trouble that can come along with it and so sure. when you think about it wouldn't you say, because Pam and I've had this conversation a couple different times through the course of our marriage of, you know, what is the purpose of sex? What do we, what do we each individually seek when it comes to sex? And oftentimes way at the top of the list is orgasm, right? I mean, that just kind of seems, <laughs> duh. I mean, why, why else? But what if, orgasm could actually be a horrible litmus test for the definition of good sex or great sex. What if we are focusing on the wrong thing? I think that that's a brilliant question to ask. Well, then let's close it out right here. And thank you. <laughs> Just for, let them chew on it. No, let uh, us know what you think. <laughs> you know, let's, let's unpack it. Cause I think it's worth, it's yeah. worth exploring. Yeah, I remember back in 2007 when I was writing The Sexually Confident Wife, I did some research on what is the purpose of sex, and I came up with three Ps, three P words. It was pleasure, it was procreation, and pair bonding. Uh, The procreation is obvious, makes beautiful babies. That's a given, duh. And the pair bonding thing, obviously you're going to feel closer to the person that you're getting naked and getting intimate with than you are other people on the planet. Mm -hmm. But the whole pleasure thing, I think that especially Christians, sometimes we have a hard time embracing the notion that God intended us to have pleasure and that we don't have to feel selfish about it. We don't have to feel guilty about it. Uh, I remember, I think it was Gary Thomas has a book called Pure Passion, and the subtitle was Why Christians Feel Bad About Feeling Good. Okay. And it wasn't just about sex. It was just about all pleasure. But I think that it's so true that our bodies are wired for pleasure, but I completely agree with how you worded the question. Pleasure isn't the only litmus test, and orgasm isn't always the best indicator of pleasure. I hear from a lot of women who say, I really love and enjoy sex with my husband, except he puts so much emphasis on, I have to have an orgasm that it takes the fun out of it. Okay. And then it just feels like pressure. Sure. Sure. I mean, cause you, if you look at it, a lot of times we, we enter into large aspects of our life with the end in mind. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that I'm going to go, I mean, what, what's some of the ones that come to my mind? I, I'm going to do my job because I got that paycheck coming. You know, I'm going to clean the house cause I love the feeling of the way it is when it's done. Or, mm-hmm. you know, we just or look expecting at expecting company, right? Well, but it's still, that's the end in mind. I want to portray something really good and clean and all put together, even though that may not actually be the way I live my life. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. I kind of went down a different path there. Um, but it's still, 
we we do a lot of things this with this in mind and I, what if that actually means or sets us up for missing a lot of what could be as well cuz i'm not saying so hear me especially Pam if you're listening to this i'm not saying you know let's never have an orgasm again cuz that serves a purpose and there's some rewiring and some bonding that does happen with orgasm and another while you're you know simultaneous orgasm yes but even just orgasm with another person there is a a a wiring of the brain that happens on both sides with right so that's i'm gonna let's set that aside for the purpose of our conversation okay but what if we were able to just kind of take the goal the finish line goal out of the equation and then what? What would ha- what would that open up? What would be the possibilities of what could what would happen? Okay, I'm laughing because I'm totally thinking of this conversation that my son Matthew and I frequently have. Every time he invites me to go play tennis with him, he gets so frustrated because I don't like to keep score and play by the rules because I really don't understand the rules of tennis, quite frankly. I just like to keep the ball in motion. It's like, let's count and see how many times you can hit it back and forth between one of us before one of us drops the ball. Because in my mind, I'm just there to have fun. Okay. I'm not there to like compete against my 21-year-old who can totally mop the court up with me. Right. I just want to have fun. And so are there spouses out there who they don't necessarily want, whether they had an orgasm or not, or whether they produced an orgasm in their spouse or not to be the, the, the test, right. they just want to have fun. They just want it to feel good and produce the, the, the bonding chemicals, the oxytocin, all the different great hormones that come into play, but that orgasm is just kind of icing on the cake. But sometimes let's be real. We like cake without icing. Yeah. It can still be great cake. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the icing just feels a little over the top. Mm-hmm. We, we hear from a handful of women pretty regularly who still have yet to have their first orgasm. Yep. Can you imagine how unfun sex would feel if they were going through life feeling as if they were failing every time they were having sex without having that elusive orgasm? Well, and that also applies to the husband because there is some, there's an element of power and pleasure that men can have with, with a woman that can, they can, they can orgasm that they can, you know, I have power to bring that to you and to help. I'm a man. If I can make her experience this, let's go to an extreme with that statement. Yes. But it's still there that there is. So it's both sides, but I, I, I like where you're going with this because it does open up the scenario of, okay, if that's my only litmus test on, was this good or not, then Okay, so a lot of times there would be lots of women maybe that are failures. When are you really a failure on on that element? Was a failure? No. So I don't think that that's a recipe for future success. No. Like if you're feeling like a failure every time you don't have an orgasm, how likely is it that you're really going to be able to successfully create that euphoric feeling in your own brain and in your own body? Because let's be real. It's not just what our partner is doing to us. I don't think that our partner is the one who brings us to orgasm. Okay. I think that our partner is a sideline participant and yeah, maybe plays an active, active hands-on role, but I think that it's what you allow right. to take place in your brain as far as relaxing, as far as allowing your body to experience the sensations, orgasm is 95% mental. Okay. And so you have to let your brain go there. Yep. And you're and there's nothing your partner can do to make your brain go there if you're fighting against the process. Right. Right. So the whole thing of, oh yeah, it makes a man feel like a man if he can bring a woman to orgasm. 
I, I question that, you yeah. know, I question yeah. that being a litmus test for no, being I, a real man. I, I get it. It's just the whole, because if you get to the, where you're just focusing on finish line and, and on, does that qualify what makes good sex or not? Then you're, I don't know, you, you're missing the possibilities of what about just connecting? What about just experiencing something else? What about the, the uh, intimacy outside of sex? What about, I mean, there's lots of different things that we get so caught up in our own head of, and this is one of the things I ask my clients all the time whenever the word intimacy enters into the picture. I'm like, okay, wait, define that because that could mean a lot of different things, you know, <laughs> that, because intimacy does not always mean sex. So it's recognizing how do you start to just examine, you know, what's the goal, what's, what's the purpose, and then also how am I enjoying this along the way? How am I allowing the connection to unfold? You know, what do I really want out of this experience? What is, because, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong with this hunch because this would help with the book I'm finishing up before I publish it, and then here I'm wrong with this with this point so I'll, let me <laughs> That's let me it's a very good feeling no 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 let, so let me test it with you shannon and then i'll test it with our our listeners to email at feedback sexymarriageradio.com nice but, plug thank you but it's one of those things that um the statement of uh, I, I, my hunch is a lot of people stop having sex or, or don't even broach the subject because in their mind it's just going to be this long drawn out ordeal and they don't have the time. And so if we go, if we can challenge our assumption and be able to say to our partner, hey, what if it's this? You know, what if it's just a quick get it done job? Or what if it's a, you know, it's not going to be swinging from the chandeliers, but that's okay because we're both on board with that. You know, if we can just take some of that ambiguity out to where we don't have this script of it has to always be X, what if sometimes it's something different? And if I would just say it ahead of time, I might open up the possibility for a lot more sex happening. Yeah. So yeah, you're saying take the pressure off the pressure yeah. to perform. Yeah. yeah. Pressure to perform is a libido killer. Yeah. Let's just be real. I think that making your goal, the whole notion of getting naked and relaxing together um, and then losing your inhibitions with one another and then just blossoming and your definition of blossoming may be different than another person's definition of blossoming. Yep. Um, you know, being relaxed enough in one another's presence to truly like drift off to sleep together in one another's arms, like that exhibits trust mm -hmm. more than anything else. And so maybe that's just your goal. Get naked, lay together, relax, lose your inhibitions as far as letting him see you naked or whatever. And just, just blossom as far as developing trust right. in, in that relationship. Right. Having that be your goal, whether it evolves into sex or not, and whether the sex evolves into an orgasm or not, I think that that's a great place to start. Because I think that it's the failure to relax that inhibits people from having an orgasm. Okay. I think that it's the inhibitions that hold people back yep. from allowing their mind to go where your brain needs to go to produce that response in your body. Yep. And I think that it's that refusal to trust and to blossom in another person's presence that really shuts things down. Okay. And I would add another one too, that it's also the disconnection that we often have in the middle of those things, because we're so focused on something in ourselves, We're not even aware there's another person with us. 
Very, very true. <laughs> you know? Yeah. D- disconnection, dissociative behaviors. Sure. Yeah. Well, but even just that whole, I don't know, because this is one of the things that Masters and Johnson, who were kind of one of the leaders in the field of sex therapy, and as far as- Way the, back in the day. Way, way back here. They were the first ones to really kind of start riding on, you know, hey, he, them and Kinsey kind of all simultaneous um, of just pushing the envelope of some of the- Back tab- in the 50s, right? Some of the 50s, taboo, 50s. Yeah. Of some of the taboo stuff that was not talked about in- modern society because that was just you can't talk about that but they they always had this idea of sensate focus exercises are you familiar with that okay Mm -hmm. so in case our audience isn't familiar with it that's where you want to just you have your partner perform something on you and your whole job is just to focus on the sensations relax into it right and so the premise of it i understand the what it, what it causes though I got a problem with. What does it cause? Well, it causes disconnection. It oh. means I'm just so focused on me and my own sensations, I'm not even aware of a presence of another human being and that other human being and that connection in the space between us, that's what produces the fantastic moments of meaning. Okay. Those that's where we have a depth, so it's it's it we need to figure out How do we do that more simultaneously so that, yeah, it's not that I've devoid of my own pleasure, but I still I need to always kind of open my eyes. That's sometimes the easiest way is just invite my partner into it with me. Right. Do you think that people who often go that direction, I mean, I just envision the woman who's been sexually abused that oftentimes their brain takes them to a different place when that sexual abuse is happening because that is literally their only coping mechanism. Absolutely. And so it's like their brain has been trained that any threat of human intimacy, you better check out and go somewhere else in your head. And that that's what keeps them from feeling that bond and that connection with their husbands. And it makes them feel as if they're being sexually abused all over again. Yep, absolutely. Right. And, And so I think that what you're describing is a great growth goal of I want to get to the place where I don't have to check out. I want to get to the place where I realize my husband or my spouse is not my abuser. I want to get to the place where I can relax into what they're doing to me and with me and, yep. and experience that as a shared experience, yep. Yep. not just something coming at me or, I mean, you know, let's be real. Sometimes I think spouses feel as if it's a vending machine experience where, okay, he or she stuck their money in and now they're expecting a candy bar yep. and, and they don't like being treated like a vending yep. machine. They don't want there to be this expectation that they have to perform or respond in a certain way in order for it to be a bonding experience. Right. This, this so is, here, this is where you're talking about the, the very thing that caused the trauma or the damage is also your path to healing, possibly. Yes. Yes. That's why sex can be such a healing thing for sexual abuse survivors yep. is when it's reframed and experienced in a whole different way with a safe partner. That's incredibly healing of old wounds. And I want to honor how courageous that is that the people do. I mean, the, the yes. courage of people to do that the courage of the human that's to me that is just a that's a marker of the resilience of the human spirit and the god centeredness of us and the god design of us that yes that that healing can occur from something that was so awful yeah and that word resilient that's exactly the word that i had in my mind and that's exactly why i love can i just do a quick little plug here really fast and offer a special offer to our listeners please do that's why 
I love doing these women at the well workshops over these past several years is because I watch these women over a four day span of time, literally identify those areas where they were so, so wounded, but then I watch them take out the tools that we give them on how to heal these types of old wounds and to literally blossom before my eyes. There was one woman at our last workshop. She was so, she had so much anger pent up inside of her because of some past abuse and because of projecting that onto her husband and just had 42 years of marriage behind her where there was just a lot of dysfunction that played itself out. But as she processed that over her four day span and just looked at her fears, her anger, her sadnesses about all that she'd experienced by the last day, she was so excited to go back home to her husband. She declared that she was ready for an F fest. Okay. I'll just leave it at that. I think okay. you know what four letter word I'm yeah. referring to, but I don't want to be offensive. I gotcha. but, you know, but to watch a person literally heal and be so, so ready for the very activity that they found so harmful it's a beautiful thing to watch that resiliency. And so with Women at the Well Workshops, I want to offer a $100 off coupon for Sexy Marriage Radio listeners because we have an October workshop coming up, October 2nd through the 5th in Lansing, Michigan at my home away from home. And then we have one coming up November 6th through the 9th at a lake house in Tyler, Texas. Uh, November, yeah, I said November 6th through the 9th. So either one of those October. Either one of those opportunities, those are our last two workshops for the calendar year of 2016. So I just want to say, if you've heard about these and you've been thinking, I should do that in the future, or maybe the husband has been thinking, I wish my wife would do that. What are you waiting for? Right. Sign up for one of these last few remaining spots. Okay. So do they just yeah. need to note that they're a Sexy Marriage Radio listener when they sign up? It Exactly. There's a question on the application form at shannonethridge.com. Click on the workshops link uh, of how did you hear about these workshops? If you'll just say sexy marriage radio and $100 off coupon, it's yours. Done. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, back to resiliency though. Um, let's go back to our original question. Orgasm, yeah, is it the best litmus test? Right. Cause I think this, cause I want to expand this real quick just to help see how this could apply to people that maybe aren't thinking Oh, this doesn't, this topic, I'm not, whatever. Because what if, because I don't know, thinking of it this way, it to me, it makes it applies to the people that have ED issues, the people that do have orgasmic difficulties. That's where I was going to uh, go next. It's like, we people, put a lot of focus on women, not orgasmic. Right. How about men? Right. But, and, and even fellas, it puts, it adds an extra level of challenge to the idea of, so what if you don't reach orgasm? And maybe what if that's not the point? Because I still remember as a young guy early in my marriage, a time where I got so focused on performance that it's interesting because now Pam would call me on that so fast. Uh, just <laughs> she like, would see right through yeah, you. Because she, she saw it then, but I don't think she had the courage to say something. Mm-hmm. But I, because I would have just, no, 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 I'll finish. I can do this. But what if, and I remember the time when I couldn't, I felt so incomplete. I felt like, okay, something's wrong. We need to go again. We need, I need to, I got to wipe this slate clean. I got to prove myself. Right. I got to, wow. So now I look at it as, okay, what, what's the big deal? You know, and because I just see that as, okay, this is a chance for me to maybe expand and save or something I haven't had the opportunity to do yet. Exactly. The whole notion that great sex equals 
you know, a major rock hard on is just ridiculous. Because right. I think that women, you're right, they see right through that, that if he has anxieties about his performance, we kind of feel as if it's like, well, wait a minute, you know, you can still bring me to pleasure. It doesn't require, you know, intercourse necessarily to please a woman. There's lots of other ways to please her. And so when he takes it as a major hit to his ego, and then all of a sudden he's wounded and he doesn't even want to try. It's just so, so sad. I hear so many women who are in their later years, you know, late forties, fifties, sixties, that they're so disillusioned by their husband's response to his ED issues that now all the fun has gone out of sex. Right. When really it is your opportunity to go deeper and discover other ways to please one another right. and, and to go with the ebb and flow of blood flow. Let's be real. It's true. just a matter of blood flow issue. True. It's not a performance issue. But I, I want to add this frame just because the way you have the opportunity with woman at the well to see the resilience of people and the courage of people and women to confront this baggage, confront this issue, confront something that maybe they haven't ever confronted before. And you get to watch them blossom and grow. I want to say clearly to the men who have had ED issues, who have ED issues, the willingness to confront it is a tremendous courageous step. There's a mm-hmm. tremendous resilience and resolve of who you are at a depth and a core that's beyond an erection. That it's, there's so much more. And that's just because I think that's the one way our nature, our, our society has kind of steered this that if you got an issue then you're not you know you need to hide it or take this pill and that'll solve it or rather rather than okay hold on that's i'm not just an erection or not i am much more than that right and so just being willing to frame it a little different i would hope frees up some different things on on just what possibly could occur Mm-hmm. And acknowledge that just because your blood flow isn't doing what it used to do when you were a younger man doesn't necessarily mean that your wife's blood flow has been compromised sure. in any way. I mean, I just think that it's so odd that the way that God designed our bodies is that just at the season that men start having erectile dysfunction is the exact season that women hit their sexual peak. Oftentimes, yep. Oftentimes. And that's, that's why I say over and over, even though he can't cut the mustard, he still needs to lick the jar. You know, he still needs to take care of his wife's needs. And that's not always going to require an erection necessarily. Right. There's lots of other things that he can do to focus on her pleasure. Right. Because I think, I don't know, this whole, this whole discussion to me just helps hope, hopefully reexamine the idea of reciprocity. That it's not necessarily, okay, you do me, then I do you. You know, it, sometimes what if it's just, hey, let's just see where this goes. Or... Let's just, you know what? Let's take a break. We'll come back to it. Or, you know, because then you can follow the connection. Yeah. And let's make this play. And sometimes when you're playing along, you have to shift gears and and adopt a whole new set of rules. So what? Still make it play. Yep. Make it play. The adventure doesn't need to wane just because certain things don't function like they once did. Let me, let me. I'm going to kind of think through this on in real time on air. <laughs> so this, okay. could be, this could be really dangerous. This um, is exciting. Because one of the things I always love when I watch my kids in the way they f- play is just how they will flow with stuff. And that's when they goes the best. But when they get into the, and then you did this and they're like, no, I do that. And they're kind of, I always think of the whole concept behind improv. If you ever watch an improv team, that's comedian, you know, comedians, their, one of their number one rules is whatever is handed to you, you don't alter it. You run with it. 
Mm-hmm. If you right. say no, you end it. You know, that just ends the, the comedy possible. So if you're doing just a quick improv back and forth, the key is whatever comes to you, you accept it and you go with it wherever it goes. And so couldn't we do some of that in sex? That whatever is brought to you, you don't, no, I want to do this, because sometimes that's our impulse right away, rather than, okay, let's see where this goes. <laughs> and then yeah. you kind of, and you can still steer it away from something, because this isn't about, I'll just let anything go, let whatever happens, there's no barriers or, you know, comfort or whatever. No, this is still, I can steer it away from, no, I'm not interested. I know where this might be heading and I'm not interested in going there, but I can still take what you just offered and then steer it a different way. And then I let it be organic. Yeah. And and then we see where it goes. Positive direction. Because what the only way I know that would make this happen, and this is maybe just because where I'm starting to recognize my own life when we were dropping kids off at school and the conversation I had with my wife right before we got on the air. And just, I was like, you know what? I'm noticing a whole lot of different kind of depth of emotion now that I'm getting older and my family is getting older. And it's like, there's fear there, but it's also, I'm loving it, Hmm. you know, just because there's a depth and it's, and it's kind of this whole, wow, what could be if I just let this go wherever it goes and I can still say, no, 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 I got to stop it here. Because I'm, I'm, I, but I want to be present in every moment of life. Mm-hmm. Because before I know it, my kid, my youngest is going to be taking his last school, you know, his last year of school, <laughs> and then be moving on. And so it's just recognizing, okay, how do I do this with my sex life? How do I just sit, learn to savor it? And, and giving relationships room to grow. Mm-hmm. And giving people room to grow and accepting the fact that sometimes they're going to have a limitation. And that you just work around that. Okay. Um, but I think one of the best questions that we can ask each other from a sexual perspective is simply, what can I do for you? Okay. What can I do to create a sense of first trust and you know reciprocity and pleasure for you and being willing to just do what that spouse is so wanting you to do. And sometimes it's really interesting and we need to do a whole nother show on this Corey of, of what certain sexual activities represent to one partner. It represents something totally different to another partner, but just take into consideration whatever they're asking for. It represents something in their minds and being willing to provide that for them can be the biggest gift you could possibly give them. Yeah. Because I mean, I don't know. We've said this before on air several times. Sex is not just an act. Mm-mm. It's a language. It's a metaphor. It's a dance. It, there's a sophistication to it. There's an elegance to it. There's a rawness to it. I mean, it's so complex and deep mm-hmm. and profound. But it's also not just an act. It's not, you know, tab A, slot B. <laughs> and, you know, and it's not It's not just, okay, I got to reach this point or you know because we can get so caught up in that of right look at the look at the shelves at the grocery store 32 ways to bring him pleasure in bed and 16 (laughs) ways to unlock her you know passion and come on (laughs) the most the most least romantic thing there could be is hold on honey i gotta check and i'm looking at the magazine number 17 check okay that didn't work (laughs) hold on you know no this is about connection and bonding to something a whole lot deeper Yes, relax, relax into it, lose your inhibition, blossom together, and ask, what can I do for you? I love that. That's a good way to think of it. 
Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. Yep, we love you for listening. If you've benefited from this podcast, consider becoming a member of the Bed Buddy Club. Your financial support will help take Sexy Marriage Radio to the next level and enable Corey and Shannon to strengthen many other couples. Learn more at SexyMarriageRadio.com by clicking on the purple button.